Hello, I'm Emma Louise Coffey and you're welcome to the Dairy Edge, the Chagas Dairy Podcast. We're bringing you the latest information, insights and opinion to improve dairy farm performance. With the spotlight on agriculture and a pressure to reduce emissions, soil scientist David Wall joins us on this week's episode to explain the benefits of protected urea to reduce ammonia and greenhouse gas emissions while maintaining the same level of grass productivity at farm level. We, we have urea, we have calcium ammonium nitrate, which are tried and tested, and, and most farmers use those uh, fertilizers at some point uh, throughout the year. Protected urea is a relatively new um, product. It's a urea-based nitrogen, so it's the same as urea in terms of its, its nitrogen. However, um, the protection removes the risk of ammonia loss. Ammonia loss is nitrogen loss, and we have national targets to remove, to, to reduce those uh, losses. And hence, uh, the development of a protected urea, which means that we can use urea all year round, uh, and it has much lower um, risk of ammonia losses. Let's get down to very basic terms. How does the protected urea product actually work? Okay, so basically uh, the protection, um, it, it, it's, it can be NBPT, which is a product um, or, or an active ingredient that is either melted into the urea granule or coated onto the surface of the urea granule. Um, there are a number of variants of, of, of this protection, um, but they all work. Um, they've, they've all been tested uh, rigorously throughout the world. And basically what um, this, this ingredient does is it stops the pH spike around the granule, which when the urea is turning into ammonium, um, which is the first product that it turns into, which is also plant available, it stops the increase in pH and hence the uh, release of ammonium into the atmosphere. So it basically, it acts for uh, up to 10 days on the, around the urea granule, uh, stopping this increase in pH and uh, the, the release of ammonia. So it's a, it's a very simple um, uh, process uh, as the urea melts. And based on that kind of treatment or protection on the fertilizer granule, on the urea granule, does that mean that there's a slower response in the this type of nitrogen product or would you see the same response in terms of application and grass growth okay so it's a very uh, important question because it it, it would affect uh, if there was a slower response it would affect how a farmer uh, might spread or apply uh, the timing uh, of, of the application in extensive research and trials we don't see any difference and the reason being is when uh, a farmer puts out um, uh, a split of nitrogen fertilizer and the split is, is put out to last either a grazing round or if it was for silage, it would last the whole silage growing season, which could be six to eight weeks. So we don't need all the nitrogen to be fully available uh, in day one. And we, we almost need a drip feed of nitrogen as the grass is uptaking the nitrogen. This is what exactly the way uh, the protected urea product works. 
So urea has to be broken down into ammonium number uh, first place, and then that ammonium is further, further broken down into nitrate over time. So naturally with a urea product, it, it's, it's drip fed anyway. With the protection, uh, it slows it down uh, that little bit further. So when I say that little bit further, it slows down the drip feed by another five to 10 days over, overall. However, not all the urea and not all that drip feed of nitrogen into the plant available pools is slowed down from day one. So uh, if we're growing at the, the high season and we're using up to two and a half, three kilos of nitrogen per day or, or um, two to three units, if, if you want to look, think about it in, in, in that uh, respect, there will be plenty of nitrogen coming out from day one, two, three, once the urea granule melts. It just, in, in the case of protected urea, it's not all available within uh, five to, to, to 10 days. Um, there's a little bit of a delay on the remainder, uh, which is good, especially if it's raining um, or especially if you have conditions that are conducive for a lot of ammonia emissions. And, and those conditions would be very bare soils, so after grazing or after silage, uh, where you get very dry weather and there's drying conditions on the ground, dry, sunny, windy weather is probably the worst case scenario for ammonia emissions. And, you know, you talk about those ammonia emissions and I guess let's compare uh, protected urea to those um, you know, st standard, typical products we would have used um, on farms. You know, you talk about urea can. Now we have protected urea in the mix. Uh, how does your protected urea compare to standard urea and can, um, you know, on a practical basis, the quantity you sprayed price, you know, is it comparable, David? Yeah, and and and. <sighs> You know, for, for, for any farmer um, to use this product, those are the, the criteria that, that he or she will, will, will want to know. So uh, if we start off with the agronomy, so the potential to grow grass or to, to, to uh, produce a silage crop, um, what, what we've found in um, different soil types, different years of testing, we find um, no yield penalty or, or for that matter, we don't find a huge yield advantage. So they're similar, uh, protected urea performs similar to um, CAN, um, which is the standard product used throughout the year. Um, so in terms of the, the uh, performance, there is no difference. You're not going to take a penalty in terms of yield or production uh, of grass uh, by moving to a protected urea. We do um, see a slight advantage over urea in terms of nitrogen uptake. So more of that nitrogen fertilizer that you, uh, you supply as a protected urea is uptaken by the plant. So that's something that we do see. So that, that potentially over a number of seasons of use could confer into a slight yield advantage over time. In terms of the other criteria, uh, spreadability, etc., for grassland situations, um, there, there's no big concerns because um, the, the, the tramline widths or the bout widths in terms of spreading can be closer. With, with any urea product, very wide spread widths, 
So when we're when we get above um, 24 uh, to 30 meter range, uh, urea is less dense, it's less heavy as a granule, and hence it won't uh, travel as far off the veins of the spreader. So that is more of a, of a, of a concern, I would say, for tillage farmers. In terms of price, um, which you know is, is, is probably one of the, 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 the big criteria here, uh, after agronomy, um, the price of protected urea is very competitive um, compared with can. So it's, it's coming in, if, if we take can uh, prices currently, um, it's somewhere between 85 and 90 cent per kilo of nitrogen. Protected urea is coming in about five to 10 cent cheaper, uh, somewhere between um, uh, 75 to, to 80 cent. And uh, straight urea is the cheapest of them all and, and coming in currently around 70 cent. So there is a slight, um, um, slightly more than urea but certainly more economical uh, per, per kilo of nitrogen uh, than, than a can product. So, you know, all in all, I would say protected urea is a good choice. Um, you get good agronomy. Uh, it's easy to handle. You can get more acres or, or more hectares on the farm spread with one uh, fertilizer spreader because it's a 46% uh, nitrogen product, the same as urea. And, uh, you, you get advantages or, or economies in terms of price. And in the last number of years, David, the conversation around um, sustainable farming and reducing our emissions has, you know, become, you know, more on topic. You know, from an emissions perspective, what does protected urea offer in comparison with urea and can? Like you've mentioned ammonia already, but can you quantify the reduction in emissions compared to the traditional products? Okay, so um, in terms of that environment, in terms of that gaseous emissions um, area that we hear so much about in the, in the media and in the news, um, protected urea provides, I suppose, two win-wins or two benefits. One, in terms of uh, protected urea versus urea uh, gives us an advantage in terms of ammonium and ammonia emissions. So protected urea has much lower ammonia emissions than a urea product. And in terms of greenhouse gases, which is um, the, the most potent greenhouse gas, I suppose, is, is your, your nitrous oxide. Um, it gives an advantage over calcium ammonium nitrate, over, over can in terms of a greenhouse gas. So in, in terms of both um, uh, situations, um, Protected urea reduces ammonia emissions compared with urea by about 70 to 75 percent. And in terms of uh, greenhouse gas emissions, specifically nitrous oxide emissions compared with can by about 78 percent. So again, uh, you're keeping more nitrogen on the ground. You're putting nitrogen uh, that you've bought uh, in a fertilizer product into the soil where if you're using a protected urea, more of that is available to grow grass. And then if we think about the fertilizer plan for a farm for the year, be it dairy, beef, sheep, 
um, and, and even, I guess, looking into tillage farms. But I suppose we're specifically talking about uh, dairying today. Is uh, protected urea a product that you can use across the entire season? Yes, um, it's 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 that product that, uh, in terms of, of of the different fertilizers that that you might have on your farm, um, you'll have your compound fertilizers and you'll have your straight uh, nitrogen um, um, fertilizers or or even nitrogen plus sulfur um, type products. Protected urea can fill that gap uh, or or that void in terms of those straight nitrogen or nitrogen plus sulfur type products that you would have in the in, in the yard. So um, it's, it's a replacement for both urea in the early part of the season or, or some that are using urea all year round. And um, it confers the advantage that it can be used even in the dry weather when um, most farmers will have concerns about using straight urea if, if they don't get some rainfall and the losses. In terms of a substitute for can, uh, and can um, 27% N type products, protected urea can be substituted in uh, for, for those products um, mid uh, season from, from, from April onwards in the season without any penalties in terms of yield, if anything, uh, slight, slight uh, yield and uptake advantages. Um, so it simplifies the fertilizer um, uh, programs in the yard. So you, you might have your compounds, your 18612 type compounds uh, in the yard and your straight nitrogen or nitrogen plus sulfur as a protected urea type product and perfect for a dairy farm um, what I will say is um, it, it reduces the amount of calibration of the, of the fertilizer spreader because if there's a lot of straight nitrogen uh, being spread on the farm um, you're not jumping from one type of product early in the season to another product later in the season uh, you calibrate your, your fertilizer spreader for your protected urea and um, that allows you to, to, to spread throughout the season with the one product. Yeah, and, and, and I guess, as you say, that simplifies things on farms and reduces, you know, error over or under application of nitrogen. Just coming back to a point, you mentioned com- compounds and is there uh, products available to have protected urea in combination with PK, you, you have mentioned it is available with sulfur and how compatible would they be, um, you know, say your protected urea with those other compounds that we normally spread on farms? Okay, so um, again, another very practical question here um, um, for farmers to be, to be aware of. Um, the protected urea products that um, are approved um, can come as a compound, but not with phosphorus. So currently, um, the the uh, the protection, the NBPT, or or uh, other other very variations of of, of that, um, are not compatible with phosphorus when stored in a bag. So um, it's the acidity um, to explain. It's the acidity in the phosphorus that actually degrades the, the, the protection over time when it's sitting in, in the bag of fertilizer. So um, what the manufacturers have developed is straight protected urea, 46% N, and then there's a number of products that are slightly less um, um, uh, percentage N, so a 38% N plus sulfur, and then you can get uh, protection uh, protected urea plus 
sulfur plus potash. So uh, an, an NKS product uh, as well. But you, you won't get an NPKS product um, because the phosphorus is not uh, compatible. So there is options out there. Um, the NK products are, are very good for later on in the year, especially on, on paddocks where there has been offtakes of, of, of silage bales, etc., and you want to replenish the, the potash um, or the, the potassium that's been taken off in that silage cut uh, with an NK type product. So there's a number of options out there and those options are all available um, on the Chagas website. So we have a list of, of products uh, approved um, protected urea products that are on the, the, the Chagas website or uh, contact your local advisor and, and they will uh, get the list of products for you. And that that's an interesting point, David, and we can attach them in the episode notes so that people can can link into it there. And as you say, the Chagas advisor is always available to help with it too. I suppose the last point in terms of, I suppose, the compounds or the nutrients that farmers are, are you know, working on um, within their soils would be lime. And I guess what is the the guidance or advice on uh, spreading lime in combination with protected urea, what works best? Many farmers will know and, and have experience, I suppose, over the years of um, uh, lime with, with urea type products. And, and uh, it has been a no-no, I, I suppose, uh, up to now. So um, when you spread uh, urea after spreading lime, there's potential there to increase uh, the nitrogen loss as an ammonia emission. So you're going to lose and more of your, your nitrogen. With the protection, uh, as I've said, this protection stops the pH increase around the granule. And um, from our initial work, it also works where lime has been applied. So it, it takes away that risk there. Um, we can go, go ahead and lime as normal or as we would if we were in a can uh, fertilizer um, um, situation. Um, there's less uh, risk there of, of, of nitrogen loss. And there is further research going being conducted currently uh, in, the, in that subject um, in terms of uh, how compatible lime and protected urea are. But in our initial studies, um, the, the active uh, is working. It, it does what it says on the tin, so to speak, um, where lime has been applied. So uh, what we're recommending currently is that you go ahead, get that lime out, it's really, really important as the, I suppose, the foundation to soil fertility and to good nitrogen use efficiency um, by adjusting your pH. And after, um, I suppose, after the likes of protection urea, uh, protected urea as a, as a, a technology to reduce emissions, uh, liming is also up there to increase nitrogen use efficiency. So um, the two can go hand in hand and um, without any risk of, in terms of losing your nitrogen and your investment. And David, from the outset, you know, you have identified that protected urea is a relatively new product. But I guess generally when we have this conversation, it's as a result of, of results um, and like a comprehensive amount of research has been done um, in Chagas, I guess, particularly at Johnstown Castle. Um, but, you know, it's been on the market for a few years now. Have you any indication of the level of uptake of protected urea at farm level? Is it being used on farm? 
Yes, and, and, and this is a very, uh, a very, I suppose, topical question because we need to increase the, the usage nationally um, to, I suppose, to help re meet our environmental targets in terms of emissions reductions, but also to take the pressure off there in terms of the agricultural sector in that respect and to increase nitrogen use efficiency um, overall. So um, currently what we see is, is the, the research came, I suppose, three or four years ago where the first research results were out. Um, these protected products have been available um, by the manufacturers for, for, for decades before that. However, I suppose weren't uh, pushed out commercially um, for a long time. So there's been a lot of testing uh, done on these products, uh, both uh, at, at, at manufacturing level, but also research level. Um, in Ireland, we have the products probably for the last five years commercially. Um, initially, there was low uptake. Uh, and once the research results um, have come to the fore, and I suppose farmers and, and, and agronomists uh, and, and uh, advisors can have confidence that they have their own data or national data to, to, to pull from and to consult. Um, the, the, the usage has gone up. So we're currently um, somewhere in the region of 10% of, of the straight in market is now a protected urea product. We hope in 2021 that that will, will jump again um, to command more of the market. And that's really, really necessary um, to meet our targets environmentally and to take the pressure of agriculture as a sector uh, in terms of you know, its responsibility to reduce nitrogen losses and emissions um, uh, for, for Ireland in, in general. So what I would say is um, if there's, there's, there's farmers listening, uh, haven't maybe tried it or haven't um, dipped their toe in the water in terms of protected urea, maybe get a purchase a, a, a pallet um, this year test it on, on a number of paddocks um, just to see how you get on. And hopefully uh, you can get confidence uh, that, that this is a good product. It will do what it says on the tin and it can be seamlessly integrated into your fertilizer program um, without any major disruption to your farming operation and, and what you're used to doing. And I suppose that is a key point here. If, if we don't realize protected urea, um, the other measures to achieve the same end, so to, to achieve the, the emissions reductions, et cetera, um, are going to be a lot more uh, burdensome for farmers. So this is a straight substitute. We're substituting can and urea for a protected product. It does what it says on the tin. Um, however, if we don't pick this option, the other options uh, may be more disruptive. And uh, I suppose it, it's worth considering. And David, um, you know, 10%, like that's, I, I guess, a really good level of usage uh, based on the how new the product is. But I guess, you know, is there a concern out there among some farmers as to why they're not using the product at the moment? Um, yes, I, I think so. I think some of the concerns are, you know, um, change can be difficult and you, you, you know you have something that's tried and tested in either urea or a can based product heretofore and you know uh, you don't want to move away from 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 what you know 
Um, I, I would say that on, on that front, it has been tested. It's been tested at farm level. Um, it's probably been tested in most local areas now because there's probably one or two farmers in every local area that have used it or, or are using it currently, such as the, is the, is the level of usage. Um, in terms of other concerns, um, you know, there, there has been a lot of talk over, over putting um, another active in, into the soil, etc. Um, and that is a concern as it is with all fertilizers. We, we must remember that fertilizers are, 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 are manufactured and um, they're, they're chemical fertilizers in their own right. And this is no different uh, in, in that respect. We have research ongoing to look at uh, those effects. So we have uh, now a, um, a seven years of repeated um, uh, trial areas with protected urea we've tested. Uh, the soil biology in those areas, and we see no difference between the soil biology levels um, in the protected urea plots compared with the areas that have been spread with either urea or, or, or can. So that gives, I suppose, us some comfort to know that uh, this protected urea product is a safe product. It's registered by the EU Commission, and we know that the EU Commission you know, goes through a very rigorous process in terms of what it lets into the market and what it approves. So um, I'd say all in all, um, we have a tried and tested product um, it is safe and uh, it does what it says on the tin. So hopefully that gives, gives farmers some confidence to at least dip their toe in the water in terms of, of 2021 and try some of the product. Yeah, and you say confidence, David, and I would say as well, it's really nice to have this conversation today and gain, you know, a greater understanding. And I think you've really broken it down into the simplest terms that we can really understand how protected urea actually works and the similarity in terms of uh, the, I suppose, the efficacy of the product when we compare it to what we're used to using. And, you know, as you say, it grows the same amount of grass, you know, across rigorous testing. And also it's competitive in terms of the pricing. So slightly more expensive than urea, slightly cheaper than can. And also then we have this added win in terms of the ability to reduce the emissions whether it's the ammonia or greenhouse gas emissions which is going to be imperative as we move forward um, you know across all farms in the country and and deal with uh, regulation thank you david thanks emma that's it for this week's episode of the dairy edge podcast and my thanks to david wall for joining me on this week's show don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast. You can listen on Apple and Google Podcasts as well as Spotify. And for more information, go to the Chagas website at chagas.ie. I'm Emma-Louise Coffey and join me next time for your Dairy Edge.